0: Hi, my name is David Speed, and I'm Adam Brazier, and this is the Creative Rebels podcast, featuring inspirational stories and practical
1: advice from some of the most prolific and successful creators in the world.
0: Adam and I have co-founded multiple creative businesses and turned our varied passions into our careers. There's never been
1: a better time in history to make a career from being creative.
0: So many people will tell you that you can't do it, but we're here to show you that you definitely can. Right, let's do a podcast. Welcome back, Rebels. Welcome back. Difficult week this week, probably for everyone listening.
1: Yeah, this has been an absolutely crazy week, but I think there's been a lot of positivity that has come out of it.
0: Typically on these shows, we we want them to be evergreen and we want people to be able to listen to this in three, four years time and not be yeah. like, well, that's not happening this week. But um, I think it is important that, so this is being recorded in early June 2020 and everything with George Floyd has happened, and we are in the aftermath of riots and protests and everything that's gone on this week. And a lot of people are finding it really hard to um, to deal with, and I know I've certainly spoken to people who... So so firstly, we know that people who listen to this show come from all walks of life, all races. It's completely... there's There's a very, very diverse mix of people who listen to this show and who feature on this show. Yeah. And a lot of people that have reached out to me personally this week, a lot of those have been white people that their initial thing has been, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Um, And so if you're feeling like that currently, my advice to you would be, if you say the wrong thing, it's fine as long as you can listen. And if you're then told by someone, actually, you probably shouldn't say this because of this, this and this. And they give you reasons, and those reasons make sense to you. Then that's how you learn. Um, yeah, but I think, I think if it's, it's not,
1: better to say something that's not completely right rather than just nothing at
0: all. Yeah, definitely. I th- I think that the silence has been what's been the problem so far, and, and and I think like we we often talk about like the the huge problems of the world, the things where it it just seems like you can't make a difference. But this is one of those problems that that every single person can make a difference and and it almost has to come from the individual like every single person needs to be working in the right direction for change to happen
1: yeah and i think one of the biggest things that's come out of this is the fact that a lot of people don't know how to make a difference but i think what is really positive that's come on social media in the past few few days is the fact there's so much information so many articles about how you can go and learn this stuff and i think that's important to go and actually investigate this like find out what is going on find out what you can do to make a difference because most people don't know what to do but the information is out there if you look for it
0: yeah you're absolutely right um, I would definitely like to uh, recommend Emma Gannon's podcast this week she released her interview with um, Leila Saad who uh, wrote the book me and white supremacy and so I would definitely recommend listening to that and like adam said there are lots of resources out there and it's it's down to us to educate ourselves because the school system did not do that for us black history is not being taught in schools maybe that will change but currently it, everything you need to know is on the internet and you'll find so many people that are willing to help you that are willing to be your ally and are willing to kind of work through this together with you
1: yeah i think if you're listening to this as this is all happening You can just go on social media. Every other post at the moment is something telling you where to look for stuff. And I saw a really good list as well that I'm going to go through at the weekend of just TED talks from people talking about these kind of issues. So I think if you want to start somewhere, that might be a good place to start.
0: Yeah, this show has always been and always will continue to give a platform to a wide range of voices, because like we've always said, like every episode is a lesson and you you can learn something from like from completely different people so that's why we will always make sure that the voices are totally diverse on this show and we're listening if we if we fuck up we know that you guys will tell us and uh yeah we're here for you um for any of you any of our listeners we're always here so give us a shout reach out and uh let's all grow together
1: and i think it's really important as well to showcase people from all different backgrounds because a lot of people, yes, they might look up to someone, but it doesn't. It's only when you can see someone who you can actually see yourself in that you can grow into those situations.
0: I 100% agree. It's it's the reason why I've always placed people of color in my artwork is because of that that very thing. I don't know. Toby Shinobi said it on the show of like I didn't see anyone who looked like me doing yeah. the thing that I'm doing, and I think that's that's so important that that people can see themselves in the images so that's for for my street art that's always been important that I want people to look at my work and not just see the typical like as I think a lot of people just paint like beautiful white women and and I, I wanted to make sure that like lots of different people rep- were represented so they can see themselves in in my street art
1: yeah I suppose if you want something to be relatable it has
0: to be relatable to everyone yeah 100 percent
1: uh, and on a more positive note, we've got a really, really inspirational guest this week.
0: Yes, and, and, like, and super motivational. There, there's a section at the end where it's just like, oh, so like good. we were like, both like yeah. really fired <laughs> up, weren't we? Yeah, um, but yeah, I came out of that like, oh yeah, I feel like I need to go and do something now, and that was great. This week's guest's Jamali Maddox, and I think stand-up comedy is such an interesting art that when you study it, when you look at it, it really reflects back to you the, the steps that you need to be successful in in anything in life yeah. but they're just so stark when you see them on stand-up comedy so i so picture a stand-up they've written some jokes in their bedroom and then they stand up on a stage and they perform them in front of a crowd of people and try and make those people laugh
1: it's literally throwing yourself in at the deep end isn't it it's like if you're starting a business you can go and show it to a couple of people it's like just throwing out to the world is literally like wow this is intense and you're prepared for heavy criticism coming back as well
0: that's it you you throw yourself out of your comfort zone on day one and then it just gradually bit by bit you suck you suck you suck you get slightly better incrementally better the more you do it and then you start to realize that sucking isn't that bad and when you do bomb it's not the end of the world so you have all of these micro failures that that just build you up that get, give you your resilience and i heard uh, uh someone say that you're you're not a stand-up comedian until you've done a hundred shows
1: yeah yeah that was um viv cross our previous guest
0: oh so that was on this show that i heard that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, um but but yeah so so imagine that a hundred times like imagine knowing you're going to fail a hundred times or or like at least 50 times you're going to fail it's like it's crazy but you put yourself out there you 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 get better, you get better, you get better, and it's it's just I, I feel like it's just the perfect kind of metaphor for just take that stand-up com- comedy model, yeah. apply it to anything, try it a bunch of times, show it to a bunch of people, and just keep going.
1: Yeah, and keep working on it, keep refining it as you go along.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So this week's guest is Jamali Maddox. Jamali Maddox is a stand-up comedian. Jamali became interested in comedy at a young age, but wasn't sure what he wanted to do with his life. One thing he was sure of, he didn't want to get a corporate job. He actually got a tattoo to remind himself of this on his forearm, depicting a businessman staring into the abyss. So like that was his his way of uh, <laughs> no, no turning back. The tattoo got infected, which in a weird twist of events gave Jamali a six month period to work on comedy. He gave himself the six month deadline to make it, or he said he'd give up comedy. And six years later, he's still doing comedy. So I guess it must have worked out. In this episode, we discuss making it, being a bum, and why you shouldn't
1: listen to this podcast.
2: If you have listened to this whole podcast, right, and, and you want to do something you want to do with your life, you know what my advice is? Turn off the fucking podcast and go fucking do it. weird thing of when people say they want to do a thing and they expect some magic you know because yeah. people ask me all the time they go oh i want to do comedy so i'm selling my tv they say yeah i want to do comedy what do i do and they want me to give them like a magic answer of what it is and it, it, there is no magic to it it's just doing
1: yeah work hard for loads of years
2: This just work hard for loads of years and i mean even like the i mean because the idea of hard work is anything. If you work in Tesco's, and I'm also saying, to, you know, there's not wrong with stacking shelves. But if say if you do you do it like stacking shelves, or a doctor, or a lawyer, or whatever the fuck, it's working hard. Do you see know what I'm saying? No, yeah. the idea of hard work isn't just for your dreams. <laughs> you know what I'm saying no. Like hard work is everything's hard work. Yeah, yeah. Would you would you, you, your girlfriend's hard work? You would, you know, uh, you know, getting up and going to the gym's hard. Everything's hard work. So the idea of like this sort of hard work being this unachievable thing because of if it's the hard work that puts people off is you're working hard every day. at shit you don't want to do anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying though? So that the idea of hard work for me isn't necessarily a necessary thing to tell someone it's, it's hard work. I mean, getting up on stage and doing something or, or taking a risk is the real hard part after that. You know, the idea of hard work for me is just intrinsic with it. hard, that's everything that's hard. Yeah. Does that make any yeah. sense? Yeah. It just needs to be in yeah. the right
1: direction, doesn't it? It needs to be, does this, is this hard work I'm doing leading me towards where I want to be? Because exactly. it's like if stacking shelves, for example, is something you mm. don't want to be doing, mm-hmm. then you stop putting the hard work in, in that direction. So putting the energy it, into it exactly. and it's a
2: risk and it's just, and all it really boils down to is the risk. Because it's it's the the thing about anything is it's a leap of faith and it, it's the idea that you know there is a likelihood you it's not going to work for you innit? it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying though, and that that is a true fact. And it's like not everyone's going to fucking make it, and that's reality. But at the same time, you not taking that risk, you're never going to fucking do it. Yeah. So you might as well it's be- I, like, honestly, like, I think for me, it was always the idea of like, if I fouled, then I just didn't want there to be doubt, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that, and, that, and that, that that's all it really came down to me was I didn't want to, cause I've seen dudes like I, you know, there was someone really close to me where they wanted to be a footballer and they fucked their knee up badly on like a, you know, and he really messed up his knee and that. And it's, it, and it's the idea of him, what could have been. Yeah.
3: yeah. Regret. Do you
2: know what I'm saying though? That, it's not even a regret because it was sank out of his hands. His knee busted up yeah. from a bad tackle. You know, shit happens. But it's that thing of, you know, and he truly believed he was good enough to do it. And I don't have an impairment like, you know, where I can't now go up on stage and do what I've got to do. So it's like for me not to take that opportunity and for me not to even just try. It's just, you know, it's, I, I, didn't, I didn't see any gain from that. You know, it's like the idea of, you know, I, I don't think being a bit broke at 30 is the worst thing in the world.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: You know what I'm saying though? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. things worse than that. You know, like I don't want to be, you ever, you ever seen American Beauty? I mean, it's hard to watch it now because of Kevin Spacey. Yeah. But you ever seen American Beauty and it was the idea of just someone hating their life, middle-aged. Yeah. That terrifies me. Yeah, that's You know what I'm yeah, saying yeah. though? The, the idea of waking up and looking at my wife I don't really love and my, my kids who, you know, you love them, but yeah, you know, and, and sort of, and that being my existence and having that existence, I didn't even try and do the thing. And you're going to, and everybody has an excuse why they can't do it, you know? And if I'm going to be 100% honest with you, like i got excuses why I couldn't do things. Yeah. You know, like, brother, I, like I grew up, you know, i got, I got severe dyslexia, dyspraxia. I could hardly read, I could hardly write, you know? I had excuses, you know? Everyone's got a fucking excuse why you can't do the thing, you know? But when people start expressing their excuses of why they can't do a thing, they're not helping anyone and they're not helping themselves. Yeah, (laughs) You know what I'm saying, no? You're not helping anyone by giving, you know, with your excuses. It's like, yeah, life's fucking hard. And you're gonna, and, and it's not going to be easy And it's not going to be any of these things And I know, I know And there's people that have it harder than me And there's people that have it easier than me You might not get the lucky cards in life I get it, you know I wish I was more better looking I'm fucking not So I fucking deal with it yeah. What are you going to do? You know what I'm saying though? And it's like So you might as well just try and do the thing you want to do and, and, and there's also, you know Be realistic And, you know And it's like, listen Like I can't play basketball You know, I'm not athletic enough to play basketball be- basketball coach teach yeah. another kid how to play basketball so then they can go on and do it you will find happiness in that sport, you know
1: sport is one of those things that i feel like is quite different to creativity because it's like mm. sport you have your limitations like mm. i couldn't mm. beat his own in a race i couldn't no, no matter no, no, how much no. training how much money i have of course, of course. that couldn't happen unless i got like robotic legs
2: that's a good point that's a good point that's a good point but even with creativity it's like it's like i had this um i had this drama teacher in college and i remember him saying to me like he gave being an actor a crack yeah, And it goes, it didn't happen for him. So now he teaches other kids how to act. So maybe they can go on and do something with it. You know what I'm saying? And he found the happiness from that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that, you know, even if you don't get the there's that old saying, and it aim for the moon and you'll be amongst the stars. Like, e- even if you don't hit your goal, you'll be a lot happier where you are than if you just did nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, even yeah. if you have to be close to the thing, you can't be a comedian, be a promoter. You know what I'm saying? But you can still be in amongst the lifestyle and the scene by not doing yeah. the thing. There was that great advert that came out and the Kano was in it, where it was like, not everyone has to be in front of the camera. You've got the camera guys, you've got the editors, you've got the the production, you've got the, you know what I'm saying though? Yeah. There's other avenues to still be creative if it's not being the megastar. You know what I mean? Because all the, all the things that come with, you know, because especially now when you've got this whole generation of people who just want to be famous for the sake of being famous. Yeah. And I'm not crazy famous, like I'm really not. Like I know, I, like I, it's not coming from a place of arrogance. But even just the little taste I've had, it's all right. You know, you you know, you, you get a couple hand jobs and you fucking, you know, and you, and you and you and you buy a couple nice pair of trainers. But <laughs> it's not, it's not nothing to kill yourself over. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Though it's really not nothing to kill yourself over. You know, and it's not nothing to break your back over. You know, it's like it, it's really chasing a thing. Like my happiest points in my career. Haven't been what other people would think the happiest points of my career. Are.
1: What have been your happiest points?
2: The happiest points of my career was doing a sold, doing like a show in uh, New York City, and it was like it was in I sold out, but it was like 150 seats, which in the grand scale of people selling twenty thousand seats might not seem like a lot, but for me that meant a lot. You know, just to play in New York and that. But and yeah, um, what was it about that? It was just, it was just as a comedian, you know, being in New York where it's sort of the mecca of comedy, but like my real highlight, highlight of comedy was, I remember when I first got uh, an agent, I had my first meeting with my agent, who's still my agent now, I had a meeting with him and he sat me down and he was like, so uh, what do you want to do in the business? Like, what do you want to be? Like, what do you want? And I remember all I said was, I want to do a show in Amsterdam. For whatever reason, I was obsessed with doing a show in Amsterdam. (laughs) That was my only dream in comedy was to do a show in Amsterdam, right? This club called Tumla. That's all I wanted, right? And I remember they laughed at me and they were like, well, you do a show in Amsterdam, what else you want to do? And, and I did it. And I remember like, I, I got to do a tour there and I'd done two shows there. And that for me was the, the peak of my career there. Just having that um, dream and actually accomplishing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like actually having that one thing where any, it, it, to do a show in Amsterdam and I, and I got to do it, you know, and I've got to do it a few times and it, and everything else that came out after that has sort of been ads, add-ons and fun and, you know, come with its own hassle and stress. But that for me was the peak. You so know? on
1: that topic of dreams, like sounds like you've hit your dreams, but there must be yeah. something still that you're obtaining for. Like, is there something that you still have like a, oh, this is where I would love to be one day?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they become more interchangeable and I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. Especially creatively. I think you've got to kind of be interchangeable creatively. Like I think one thing about being creative is being able to adapt sometimes and that doesn't mean yeah. selling out it doesn't mean changing what you are to suit someone else mm-hmm. you know and then listen you know and, and one thing a lot of creatives are going to realize is it's a job and you're going to have to do things you don't want to do sometimes <laughs> to pay them rents <laughs> you know what i'm saying oh, them, yeah. them them nice lights you got they aren't free that no. nice mic ain't free you know you had to probably you know do whatever you had to do to, to get that. And that's okay sometimes to do, you know, there is a reality factor. And if you've got kids and they need food, you know, your artistic <laughs> integrity don't feed them yeah. sometimes. But, you know, sometimes, you know. But, you know, for me, that's interchangeable and it sort of changes more with my lifestyles and experiences. But, you know, it's like, for me, one of the big points that happened to me was I did a show. I did my London show. I think, was it Hackney? I think I was doing that Hackney Empire show. when I did my London show. And I remember my uncle came up to me after. And my uncle's just a normal, you know, working class dude, mechanic. You know, he's not in the creative business or anything like that. And I I remember my uncle said to me, he goes, um, so I was telling him about all the stuff I did. I got to travel here and do this and do that. And he goes, yeah, it's cool, man. He goes, because even if it goes away tomorrow, they can never take that away from you. For sure. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying though? And I think that's something that even if it gets taken away tomorrow, that's why I don't have goals that like, oh, I need to be here in 10 years because that stuff, it's not, it's not that it's worthless, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, you've got to appreciate what you have done mm-hmm. as well. Do you know what I'm saying? And sort of, and, and no one can't take the things you have done away from you, you know, and all of the bad experiences I've had, all the good experiences I had, at least I've got to experience it. And I think that if you actually come out of yourself and jump on those and, and actually put yourself in a position to take a risk and follow something, like follow your dreams, then I don't think uh, it comes back to the idea of never regretting it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 that, and you've got to live at least somewhat of your dreams. So that's why I don't worry about that idea of like, I need to be here in 10 years because I think that stuff interchanges too much.
0: So going back then to when you're like 15, 16, mm. like, as, as you mentioned, like dyslexic, dyspraxic, mm. and and, like, and I can so relate to this when you're like sat on the sofa and your mum's going to you, when are you going to get a proper job? Oh, um, man,
2: 100%. That's that, yeah, bro, that's that, man, that's that real, because it is, it's, it's not my thing, but I remember like I was listening to this comedian called Patrice O'Neill and he goes, the thing, the problem with dreams it's like when you have a real dream. Have you ever tried to wake up from a real dream and try and explain it to someone? And you'd be like, yeah, there was like a unicorn. And a <laughs> And they go, what the fuck are you on about? And that's what your dreams are. You know what I'm saying? No, that's what your dreams are. And like, no one isn't going to support you. You know, and people yeah. are going to say to you, man, I was a bum in my mom's eyes. God bless her. I love my mom and she supports me now. But, you know, my mom didn't understand this shit. She, what the fuck are you doing? That's what you were saying. <laughs>
0: yeah so like i mean did you feel like kind of lost at that time because i know you like your like so what was your first like taste of comedy like just watching on tv right
2: yeah yeah i was watching um i remember i used to watch like paramount tv do you ever see paramount yeah yeah. remember paramount i used to watch paramount tv i used to watch um the fucking live at the comedy store on paramount tv and see all the comedians there Uh, i used to watch chris rocks and the dave Chappelles and sort of all of that stuff my mum used to watch comedy too like it was it was like something that was if, it, if she was flicking through and there would be a stand-up she would put it on and there was a like harry hill and all of that type of shit and so but then when you, your, when you say to your
0: when you say to your mum like oh, i think i'm gonna be a comedian then she probably says you must be joking right
2: no i don't know what really what what my mum's reaction what's like my sister's here Ariel. what was my mum's <laughs> what was mum's reaction when i said i was doing stand-up my sister just laughed. Yeah, my mum didn't hear, <laughs> hear her laughing. But what was it? She was a bit, she, she didn't. Mum was more like fearful. Isn't she? Yeah, yeah, she she
3: like,
2: yeah. Oh my God, is he any really good? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Like my mum like, never really um, thought I was funny. <laughs> <laughs> she still do not And God bless her, she'll come to every show and she'll sit there horrified. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But she'll sit there horrified the whole show. Because um,
0: for me, when I said to my mum, like, I'm going to be a graffiti artist and I'm going to get paid, like, that's going to be my job. Hmm. She was like, you're absolutely bonkers. And, yeah. And I know, like, you when you did your first, your first stand-up, like, you completely bombed. And yeah. Then, and then how, <laughs> so you were 16 when you did your first set. Like, how long was it before you had the courage to go up again?
2: About a year. I had a friend called uh, Ayo. Who made me go back up? And I remember I was telling him, like, you know, I told him what happened, and he was like, "Yeah, let's just go watch your open mic." And he signed me up without telling me. <laughs> amazing. Legend. Yeah, he signed me up without telling me, and then they, and then they said my name. I was like, "What the fuck?" I was, "Oh yeah, I signed you up. It was your turn." And I remember I went up, and uh, and it was luckily it was fine. The second show was fine, but um, how did you feel before you as you were walking up to that stage? Terrified, terrified. Like it's just, just you know that you know that type of terror that you taste metal in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. You know, that type of just, (laughs) like, just, just, just the fear, just that unequated fear. Like, I remember being uh, terrified about it, being really, and it was weird, because I'm not, you know, I thought I had those maybe genetic or social traits where I didn't really mind talking in public. I don't really have that issue. You know, it's sort of the expectation that's scary, you know, because it's not just, oh, just talk, for a bit yeah, yeah. it's talk and make us have a reaction that's involuntary yeah <laughs> yeah i'm saying though which is a, a stressful proposition but even when i bombed i knew i was going to do it again like i just i just knew i loved it you know what i'm saying though yeah and i just loved it and i think that that feeling of just knowing that this is it you know what i'm saying and yeah. this is this is me you know, and 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 when it comes to creativity, cause I think sport is different, like you said. But when it comes to creativity, you know what I try and explain to people is, and some people don't really get what I'm saying. But it's like you see those daydreams you have, that can be your reality mm-hmm. with a risk. Just you know what I'm saying, though, and yeah. it's not, and it's not impossible. You know, and I think that, and just having that idea of what I saw in my daydreams of sort of looking out onto the crowd and actually experiencing that made me, like even it went terribly. It didn't matter to me. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Daydream plus risk equals reality. Yeah, I think
2: so. I really do. You have to like, turn really into do. an equation. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> That's what he does. He had to he had do that. that. He yeah. had to put the equals in there. Yeah. Like, wow, equals
1: reality. <laughs>
2: um, so you, and if you put that on a t-shirt, I'm going to sue you. But,
1: um, no, I'll, I'll but, edit this to make it sound like it was my yeah.
2: idea <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah man Like I really don't You know And it's just it, You know And I think you I had to go through that And I'm happy It wasn't great from the beginning
3: mm-hmm. Yeah Because
2: I think it would have been more of a shock I remember telling this other comedian How bad it went And he goes Well I mean at least you know it's, it's no, It's not going to get worse than that yeah. yeah And I remember thinking Oh yeah Because you realise that what your fears are and what the reality is, is totally different. Like the thing is I had a bad, like when I have a bad, because people ask me all the time, you know, they go, Oh, what happens if you have a bad show? And I go, nothing. You don't get cancer. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, It's not like you have a bad show and then you die. Like you literally, you have a bad show, you're upset for a bit and then you, then you go have a fucking beer and you forget about it. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? But yeah, the reality of, you know, those fears you have, aren't that bad. Do you know what I'm saying? The reality yeah. of having to have a roommate in your mid-30s ain't that bad. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, though? It ain't that bad, man. It's really not, man. Like, it, it, you know.
0: What do you think? So we, we have this theory that it kind of takes three years mm. for shit to start happening, for things to start moving in the right direction. If you put three years into a thing, that typically, from the, from the, like the 100 people that we've interviewed mm. so far... That seems to be like, did you notice Is that does that feel like a realistic kind of number for you?
2: Yeah, I guess. I mean, the problem is is I think it's different with different art forms. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think when it comes to like um comedy, there's there's sort of avenues, like there's competitions and there's sort of like it is quite a close-knit community. So if you're really popping, people are talking about you and people sort of know your name or do you know what I'm saying? So it's easier. To maybe crack through if you're good. There's a lot more of a meritocracy to it. Well, I think with other industries, when it comes, especially like music and stuff, like you could be, you know, great for a long time and no one knows who the fuck you are. So I don't really know if it's like a three-year thing. I, I say give it three years to know if you're any good at it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you know, because you, be, you, be, you might be shit, which is, you know, it happens and that's fine. And I think, again, that's, that's when it comes to the idea of, you know, having that self-realization, you're going like, oh, maybe I'm not the best rapper in the world, but I think I would be a good manager. Do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, and you yeah. can still, and again, you can still live the life you want to live. You know, if it's a lifestyle thing that you're after, as well as doing the art, you know, you can still live that life. But um, I'd say, like, I got signed at 23, I got an agent, yeah, 20, uh, 23, and I went full time professional at like, 24. And I was doing comedy like seriously from when I was like 20, 19, 20. So about three, four years.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Three, four years. Yeah. About three, four years. So yeah, that's not a bad number, I'd say. But, yeah. you know, but then to say that, like, if, you, if you're doing something and they don't pop in three years, it don't mean it's not going to happen for you. Yeah. You know, and it, you know, and there's, you know, especially in comedy, there's some dudes where it takes a year. Some dudes I know took them ten years to get any notoriety. And so, what success is to you, you know? Or it takes you know, it's like three years to what though? Like what 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 would you get in that three years if you think you're going to be a, a movie star in three years? Maybe not. But if you get to you know pay your bills, yeah, that's an achievement. Yeah, you know, like I mean, you you know, you being a creative and sort of having a business, there's a nice feeling once you pay your bills with just doing that. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? No, yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. it's like, for me, it's like, you know, there's like, there's those little things, you know, it's sort of like being able to, you know, look after yourself and, and uh, with, with just being a creative. And uh, so, so the idea of, you know, it being like, oh, well, if I'm not on TV in three years, I ain't shit. It's like, but bro, you paying your bills, you got food in your fridge. Yeah. You're doing a lot better than a lot of people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Though? And you get to wake up at twelve. <laughs> yeah. <I> was... <laughs> so, yeah,
0: nothing, affair, nothing so, beats that's that. Re- that's reasonable. That's really interesting, actually, because my final question that I've got written down on my notes is: um, what mm. does success mean to you? Um, so that's that's like, so yeah. <laughs> well, do you want do you want to expand on that a little bit? But like, would you yeah. say that success for you is like just freedom, I guess? Of of yeah, you freedom. can wake up at you can wake up at 7. yeah.
2: I mean, do you know? I'll be honest with you, man. The the waking up late novelty wears off quick. Yeah it's a, it, at first it's like when i was when i was 23 to be able to wake up at 12. you know like when i was when i was 23 man, i had a great life man like all i did was i would work thursday friday saturday and the rest of the week i would just fucking mooch around i lived at home with my mum, so i ain't paying no rent like that much yeah. rent like i was paying cheap rent living at my mum's. i was mooching around go coffee shop working free di- you know maybe go to europe sometimes do a show wake up late you know but then that passes and you get older. And for me, you know, true success really lies in freedom. And I think that, that idea of freedom isn't, is, is different to different people. But for me, it's unequivocally being able to, to, to do what you do. And it doesn't mean it doesn't come with some compromise. But I feel like the free you get, the less compromise there is. You yeah. know, and I think, I think for a real creative, compromise is one of the hardest pills to take. You know, and I've had to do a lot of compromising throughout my career. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of compromise. And, and sometimes, and it's like, it's weird because the compromise has become maybe been the more financially lucrative things, have yeah. been the compromise. Yeah. The more financially lucrative things. And I'm not a millionaire by any stretch of imaginations. So don't rob me if you see me on the street. I ain't got nothing for mm. you. But, it's it's you know the more lucrative ones have been the compromise and i don't know and i'm still working out myself if that if they were worth it
0: yeah you know what i'm saying it's it's interesting i think for us like we have a a real kind of sense of i don't know what it is it's it's like it's really actually exhilarating when you when you say no to a project yeah especially if it's a big money project yeah man that's a great feeling man yeah it's it's weird isn't it
2: because it's the rebel do you know what I'm saying? I think you have to be somewhat of a rebel, even if you're a rebel in your mind and you don't exhibit it because you're sort of locked down in society norms, but you mm. still have that mentality of knowing, going, this isn't, this isn't it. You know what I mean? I think that, that sort of feeling of, of, of rebellion is always flowing through you. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so when that big corporate job comes in and they're paying you good money, and you get to go nah fuck you there's a, <laughs> there's a good feeling in that because you're 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 you you you're, you're trying to you're trying to rebel do you I'm know saying? and you're trying to and you and you you're holding on to to to, to what you are because you know what you are is so wrapped up in in what you create do you know what I mean, though? if you if you're making real you know really sort of good art that's why i think yeah. i think you have to be you in it to to make it be good yeah. Um, and sort of resonate with other people that's why you've got to put yourself into it and i think you know there, there, there has to come a point where you gotta go no you know and sort of having um, you know that's why i think it's uh ta- um, ta- ta- freedom is
1: talking about putting yourself into stuff like what is it mm. that you're passionate about these days mm, that's a good question man
2: i'm really enjoying doing stand-up again mm-hmm. like i just sat I, I had to i was on tour and like i had to stop it because of the obvious, obvious corona that's happening or COVID-19 as we're trying to be more <laughs> technical but uh I had to stop doing the tour touring really um I'm really into sort of the idea of doing scripts
1: for what kind of thing
2: comedy yeah comedy yeah 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 I mean you know I'd like to do um animation at one point
1: that's Wicked. kind of where I'm, I'm trying to
2: lean in towards like I'm really I'm a big anime fan
1: i oh, say so what's your favorite anime
2: uh, I, I sure. Uh, I'd say my favorite one is Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. And I really like Afro Samurai.
1: Oh, yeah, that's it. Like,
2: because I think they were trying to make that hip hop and martial arts for such a long time. And they've tried it with fucking uh, Romeo Must Die. You remember them old Jet Li films with yeah. and DMX was always in them? You know what I'm saying? Like, they've, they've been trying to do it for years. And I think Afro Samurai kind of hit it the best mm-hmm. because I think it had respect for both.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. I think
2: that's why it kind of works. But um, yeah, so I'm really, I'm really like, I'd love to do an anime one day. Like, I think I'd really like uh, like that sort of fist of North Star, like just 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 ignorant violence. I yeah. <laughs> you know was <what> saying, <laughs> just heads blowing up and shit. Like, I like that sort of 80s style Japanese anime. I'm really into. So that that sort of more peak my interest in trying to weave storylines like that. But stand up is something that like I always want to be a part of my existence and life you know even when i was doing all that bullshit documentary stuff you know it was the it was the comedy that i really kind of wanted to get back to yeah
0: i I mean obviously the documentaries like put you on a lot of people's radars and yeah like it makes me think of um whenever you listen to rogan like he'll always be talking to his comedian friends and like telling them to quit whatever it is they're doing like documentaries or tv Mm. or whatever that he's like go back to stand up yeah. because that's your, that's your art and that's what makes you happy. Yeah, it's and what you always are, always man. Always remembering, yeah.
2: Man, it's because you can, like, I think, because, I, like, obviously I want to be a multifaceted artist. Yeah. You know, you, you want to be able to do stuff and do other things. Um, but the documentary stuff was a weird one because I kind of did it not really knowing, you know, what it was or kind of like, just watching Louis through and my version of that shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, That when kind of wanting to try something like that. And then it kind of took on a life of its own and it kind of became a thing. Yeah, like, I don't know, man, like I kind of, you know, there's some parts of it I look back on and I'm proud of. And there's some parts of it I'm not proud of, if I'm being 100% honest with you. I've never really spoken honestly about that uh, show, weirdly enough. Which brings me on to one of my next points, which I want to get across to your listeners when it comes to creativity. One of the most, and this is actually probably leads back to last what freedom is or what you know, success or freedom is. Yeah. One of the large parts of the thing that I would always advise young creatives is try to as much as you can own your shit. You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah. Don't yeah. get drawn in. Try and own your shit because there's people in this business. You know, some, most, and 99.9% of people are actually good people, I think, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. but there's people who, you know, because I'm not versed in business, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm a dude from ENDS who could kind of tell some jokes. People take advantage of that shit and you've yeah. got to own shit. You know I'm saying own your shit, man, because, you know, y- you're bringing the creativity to that thing. Just what I'm saying. Your if it's your idea, try and own it. That's what I tell people. They're like, people say to me all the time, "Oh, how can I get a job here, at like Vice or something?" Because I want to make documentaries. Like, well, then make it, own it. Why are you waiting for some other person to make it theirs? Just what I'm saying, because that's all you're really doing. Sometimes is is because a lot of time is, especially with creativity, you're asking for someone else's permission. Because Mm. I think, uh, me personally. When I was when I first started out, and I get it sometimes now, is you have imposter syndrome, yeah. and what you're doing is you're waiting for someone to tell you this is good, we can pull it out, and you're like, oh, thank God, someone who knows more than me. Do you know I'm saying don't yeah. don't wait for no one's permission to do it. Just fucking do it. Grab a camera and do it. You know what I mean. Save up your money, grab a camera, go and do a night course and learn how to edit. Go learn how to hold a camera. Do you know what I'm saying? Go make it. If you've got the links and the connections and all of that, make it and own it.
0: So I think those documentaries that you made, like as a body of work, I think you should, you should hundred percent be proud of them. Is it, is it kind of the, the, I don't see it as
2: mine though. I don't own it. So it's not mine. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't own it. It's not mine. Do you know what I mean? A lot of those decisions weren't mine. Like if I'm being Mm. honest, this is me being honest, you know, they're not, it's not mine. So, you know, I'm proud of it to a point, but you have to be realistic. And, you know, people go, your documentary. I go, it was a documentary I was in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was a feature in it. It's not yours. You got to own your shit. That's what I think. I think, I think you should really, I think people should try and own their stuff.
1: Do you think you know? you'd ever go back to documentaries if you were in control? Nah, I don't know. I, I
2: play with the idea sometimes. Like, sometimes I'll say, man, I ain't never did do a documentary again. And I'll hear about something and I go, what not I making a film yeah. about that? because
1: i feel like if you did a documentary anime it would be sick
2: oh yeah yeah little silly things i would do i would go do like i'm into video games i'll do a little doc on video games anime or music you know those little like and um, and you've
0: got the breakdown as well obviously that's the breakdown yeah Yeah. i don't i don't
2: even do that no more you know oh no really Nah, we stopped doing it sadly start it back up man yeah i'm thinking about it because um yeah yeah Cause do you know what I, I was i was working with the hoop on that and they were good to work with they were really cool and there was no issues and they were really cool about it um it just came to an end and i think they were moving different way as a company and i was moving a different way so we kind of we left very amicably like it was no like all the theme music and the name they said i could have and do you know what i'm saying though no, like so it was all you know because sometimes you know you can get into some big issues with that shit but they were like I have nothing but love for them guys. Like they were yeah, so yeah. cool about it because they paid uh, there's this rapper I was really into called Cool Keith. Cool Keith, like yeah. A, Oh yeah, yeah. And he did my theme music. So we yeah, paid same. him to do a fee. So it's him rapping about me. <laughs> 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 and we had that we boy off him. And they said, you could have the song and you know what I'm saying? So it's all good. So I've got the breakdown. Crud we trust with my boy, which is just me and my friend talking ignorant shit, but I'm going to start the breakdown again. I'm just waiting
0: yeah I think like during this time like for, for you yeah, perfect like, time,
2: it? Yeah. yeah you should you should be yeah I should I should get on it I should yeah, sure. I should be getting I should be getting on it but yeah
0: because you're a good interviewer man like thank you your man interview with uh um, Stuart it. Lee your interview was oh yeah Lee, one of my favorite interviews I love it
2: you're very kind yeah like because you know like stuff like that I, you know when you talk about documentaries I do like interviewing people like I do you know like I I enjoy it like there's a certain style that I hope I bring to it and I try and find honesty and you know and try and, and try and have those conversations though so i do i do i do enjoy it like i do and i think i'll do it on that level but in terms of me you know flying to russia to to talk about subjects i'm not really yeah. first in just yeah. to get an episode out like ain't me man like i i just can't it's just not me it's not who i am and i don't and it's like and i'm not like mr artist and like i've done s- silly tv shows because it's fun you know what I'm saying? No, I'm not the, I'm not, I'm not Bill Hicks. You know? <laughs> but at the same time, like, you know, I try to at least have some type of honesty with what I do. And I think if I did more documentaries, I would be cheating people. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. because I'm not, I'm not there. What,
0: What is the, what is the role of the comedian in modern society? I think that's a weird question.
2: Cause I think I do, I do sort of ponder that myself. And I think that question should be philosophized by people that aren't comedians. You
0: know what I'm saying though? Right, well, I think so sit comfortably. Because...
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but just, you know what I'm saying though, like, I think our role is just to be funny and however we do that is however we do that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because I think there's just as much worth to Michael McIntyre as there is to Bill Hicks. They both have a place. Do you know what I'm saying, though? And they both have a reason for existing. you know what I'm saying, though? And I think they both serve a purpose that we both need. Do you know what I'm saying? We need truth tellers. We need silly. We need angry. We need the clean. We need the this. We need, we need all of that. Do you know what I'm saying? Because I think comedy should talk about the facets of honesty. And I think when people think that, they think, oh, you should be talking about the deepest, darkest parts of you that's not necessarily the case. Do you know what I'm saying? No, because there's certain honesty in other things. Like Michael McIntyre's man draw is an honest bit because it's honest to him and it's honest to, you know what I'm saying? No. And it's a connectivity yeah. to that. The same way I watch Patrice O'Neill and he'll be talking about the most darkest feelings of himself and the sort of stuff that, that, that even though it ain't right, it's just how he feels. And that to me has a place in society. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think, certain people are going to gravitate to other things, you know what I'm saying? Like to, to certain um, styles of it and, and for what they need out of it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think some people when they watch comedy, they just want to escape, you know? Yeah. And I think some people go to watch comedy because they want to hear their take on certain things in society. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think it's, it, it's the combination of who the person is as a comedian and who they are as a person. And then, also what society wants from them and what people need from them you know and that's like a weird position because i don't think i'm mr truth teller all the time jams you know? i try to be honest to who I am and talk about who i am and try what i'm trying to do my comedy I'm trying to be real introverted with it and sort of hopefully find some unity within my introspectiveness and it is it's a weird feeling man like it's a weird feeling like i remember when i was doing the hate dynamic show and i was doing the stand-up for it and I remember, like, uh, I was just riffing, and I said to someone in the crowd, "All right, who do you want me? What do you want me to talk about?" And someone shouted out Trump, and it's like, "We need, you know." And it was, and then she said something like, "You know, we just, we, I want to hear, I want, I want you to tell me it's okay through your funny way." Do you know I'm saying though, or they want, they want you to, 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 and that's a weird feeling. That's pressure to be put under. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying though, that's a lot of pressure, like. To be put under, to be like, all right, you're that voice for that person at that time, to sort of make sense of this fucked up world in a funny way, you know? And I think we sort of had that throughout history, throughout times, from court jesters to satirists in the 1940s. And you know what I'm saying? We sort of had that sort of yearn from our funny people. So I think there is a, a real need for comedians to be honest and to be, um, sort of locked into what's going on in society but i don't necessarily think that means political and astute yeah. and making jokes about the fucking third speaker in parliament Yeah, you know like I, I don't think it has to be that but i think it, it, it's definitely a time now to be honest and to really be what you are you know because we're in such a weird time i think socially and especially yeah, with all this stuff is fun.
0: I think when it comes to stand-up, one of the weird sort of aspects of it is when you're young in it and you're you're trying to learn your craft, it's obviously yeah. the the hardest point because you don't have the, the name value yet. So 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 automatically people are, are, I guess, kind of hostile towards you on the outset. And for you, because you travel so much, do you kind of find yourself like almost trying to recreate that and putting yourself in rooms where people perhaps haven't heard of you because you're in a different space where you're not as well known. And do you try to yeah. put yourself in those rooms where you're just like, okay, you have no idea what I'm about, but let's go.
2: Okay. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So you're telling me that like, it, just, just to understand what you're saying is you're asking me, do I try to put myself in a position where I'll go on stage and people don't know what I do? yeah because it seems to me that
0: most comedians once they found their little circle they're like okay i'm safe here let's stay here i know i'm gonna get laughs and claps every night yeah yeah, yeah. i get you i get
2: you i get you yeah no 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 i think i do i try to like i still i still hit the mics like i still hit the clubs like especially when i'm in that phase where i'm still getting my shit together Mm -hmm. i'll go hit the open mic still you know like it's rare because of timing for me, more time issues than want. but I'll, I'll still go hit the clubs. I'll still go jump up and do a, do a quick set. Because I think it's important to sharpen your sword. And I think it's, it's dangerous to preach to the choir all the time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Like I think, it's, I think it's dangerous, man, because what happens is you become so accustomed to the time. Because like when I do my tour show, I can talk for 10 minutes without being funny. But people just kind of want, people are kind of happy to be in your presence. You know what yeah. I'm saying? No, because a lot of times when you buy to go see someone, you kind of just want to see the person. You know what I'm saying? No, that's kind of like, like the reason why people pay hundreds of pounds to go watch Drake perform is because a lot of it is because they just want to see him in person.
1: Yeah. Because it, it's cheaper just to listen
2: to him at your house. It's the yeah. same music.
1: And the audio course is better at home as well. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: The audio better at home, and You ain't got people bumping into you, but you want to see the person. You know what I'm saying, though? You want to see that figure that you might have seen on TV or, you know? And I think it's, it's dangerous just to preach to the choir. I think you really have to. That's why I do try and still put myself out there. And plus, I'm not famous enough just to coast yet. You know what I'm saying? No, like, I'm not, I'm not famous enough where I can be lazy and be uh, complacent. You know what I'm saying? Like, I still feel like I've got a lot of work to do. So I try to actually keep my, my sword sharp and I try and... <clears throat> like, I am still open for people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll yeah. still open for a motherfucker. Like, I'll still, like, if, if one of my friends say, Hey, do you want to come open for me? Yeah, of course. I don't give do a fuck. You know what I'm saying? You, people get real pride about that. I don't get pride about that. I want to play in front of your crowd. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. want to see, okay, that didn't really work there. I've got to tone that down. I've got to lift this up. You know what I'm saying? I think that's, um, I think that's healthy as a comedian to do that. So I, I try and do that. You know, I do try and do that. Like, I, but, you know, at the same time, I don't have a, a mad famous comedian schedule where they might not have the time to do that stuff. So maybe that's why they probably don't do that anymore. I don't really know. I'll ask him
1: when I see him. I heard you say, if you're not busy, you're stressed out. Why is that? Yeah,
2: man. Yeah. I just, I, I just, I I spent so much time not doing nothing. Like I was a bum, man. Like I was a real bum, man. I had nothing going on, bro. I had nothing going on, man. Like there's motherfuckers where, they see that I'm doing something with my life and they don't, they don't, they, they're like, what the fuck is this? You know what I'm saying? No, oh, yeah. they, they don't, they, they're like, you, you mean, you mean Jamali? Like they don't, him, he's doing something? Like they just don't, <laughs> because, because I was such a fucking bum, you know, and, it, and the bum, and, and being a bum came from being, you know, sort of self-conscious and being scared to sort of put myself out there, creative. Do you know what I'm saying? No, like and all of those things. Where because- did that change? What happened was is, funny enough, is I was doing stand-up a little bit and I went to university the first time I got kicked out my mum said, you have a go to uni or you get a job? And I didn't <laughs> want to get a job. Because the idea of getting really terrified me. Like, I just, I, just couldn't, I couldn't do it. Do you know what I'm saying? I think there's nothing wrong with getting a normal job. And I think, you know, there's so many, especially, and we're, we're seeing it now with the coronavirus, that how many of these jobs that a lot of these people would snoot at we need them so badly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying though? Like, that's why I like it. It, it. it, it, I wish I had that mentality now. Cause I remember like, I think one of the most disgusting things teachers say to kids is if you don't work hard, you're going to be a dustbin man. Like there's something wrong with being a dustbin man. Yeah yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying though? Like, and I think, I think, you know, that's why, you know, when we're having conversations about activity and just follow your dreams, it's okay to be a dustbin man as well. Do you know what I'm saying though? There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. You know? And I think it's a disgusting thing that it sort of comes from this sort of real you know, middle-class, kind of. And that's the problem. We need more working-class teachers. But anyway, that, for, for, regarding, to move on from that point, is um, I went uni, uh, dropped out, and then uh, it was the same issue again. My mum was like, get, go uni and get a job. So I was doing stand-up, and it weren't really going well for me. Like, I kind of wasn't really getting any work in London. So I decided to move to Manchester and go uni in Manchester. My idea was, all right, I'll go uni and I'll do gigs up north. I heard there was loads of gigs up north. Couldn't get any gigs up north either. <sighs> and funny enough, there was a club in London that would book me a lot. I would have to fl- come back to London every weekend and break even to play oh, this club. Right? Yeah. yeah, it was fucking hassle, man. Every weekend because I just started getting work in London, so I had to come back every weekend breaking even. And then I remember it got While well, That's a point going where on. Remember- did
0: you sort of feel yeah. like this is my time? This is my, like me paying my dues. I mean, I was I kind cause, of because you're breaking even. Like you're not even making yeah. any money, but you still every day you got up and did it.
2: It was weird, you know. Now looking back on it, I feel like I paid my dues. But at the time, you just do it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? No? And it just becomes your life. I, I never really saw this as, oh, this is my paying dues time. This is just, it's just, it's just that's what I had. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like I yeah. never really saw it as that. And then i relate to is,
0: the being a bum thing, but it's yeah. like at some point the self-discipline comes in and mm. if you do want to get out of being a bum, because it's exactly the same thing that I did, like is all of a sudden you start to put the work in and you're like, this is my thing. And, it's, and for me, it was just finding the thing. But once you found the thing, it's like, okay, I was being a bum before because I didn't have the thing. But as soon as you find that thing and you're like, okay, this is where the energy is going and you can focus. Yeah. Yeah. On
2: yeah, it. yeah. 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 Yeah, hundred percent man. Like, cause do you know what? It takes a lot of energy being a bum. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying, though? like like all these people lazing around that same energy could be used somewhere else it's a lot of energy having to always explain yourself yeah. <laughs> do you know what i'm saying though like an energy doesn't just i don't mean physical exertion i mean mental exertion i mean sort of yeah. that emotional exertion of always having to explain yourself and always having to, to sort of justify your bumminess do you know what i'm <laughs> saying though and like, and it, it takes you know, and so anyway, to get back to it. But then I was in Manchester, and then there was. A, it's a story I've told before, but I told a quick version: is that it was a comedy. It was a It was a. It was an acting with comedy practice course, and Jason Manford had come down to watch the third years perform, and then he said, "Does any of the first years want to do stand up?" So I went up and did like three minutes. And Jason Manford said to me, yeah, he goes, yeah, just quit uni. You're a comedian. That's what he said to me. He goes, just quit uni. You're a comedian. Stop fucking around. Like he knew what I was doing. He was like, stop fucking around. All right, you're a comedian. Stop fucking, just stop stop with this shit. Just just go. Just go be a fucking comedian. You're here for no reason. And then what happened was I got a tattoo. I got this really shitty tattoo and it got infected. So I had to drop out and I did this competition and I got through on the competition and I, I had did the heat when i just come out of hospital so i was like really like all drugged up still when i won the heat and then i think i still had tubes coming out of my arms and shit because I, I think i snuck out and, uh, <laughs> and then uh, oh, i would just taken them out so i swear the patchy on them i was just all fucked up i was re- i shouldn't have been out i was really fucked up i had blood poisoning i was really ill and i remember i said to myself that I got to the finals and I said to myself, I'm going to give myself the four months or five months, however long it was to the final. And if I do well in the final, I'm going to do stand up. I'm going to commit myself. But if I don't, then I'm just going to go uni and get a job. Like I set myself that thing yeah. and, uh, and I end up winning. And then that's when I decided to really give myself to the art and really just, you know, and it's going to sound, this is going to sound fucking lame as fuck, but I re- I remember like, I really genuinely, like looked up and just gave myself a promise and go, this is it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? No, like I really had that talk with myself and I went, this is it. Good or bad, this is it. There's no, there's nothing else. This is it. You know. And I think, and it was that that level. I had to really give myself that level of talking to, where I was like, this is it. If you fail at it, you're gonna die poor. If you don't fail at it, you you know, whatever, whatever. And that's what I decided to myself. I said, this is, this is my life now. I'm going to be a fucking comedian and I'm not doing anything else, you know? And then that's when I decided to change my life. And, uh, you know, then luckily I had an agent. I found an agent at the time. And, uh, you know, I started working. And I, I think about maybe six, seven months later, I done my first TV show. I done the John Bishop show and then from there it's kind of went and went and went but yeah that was that was the changing point for me
0: it's wild isn't it i think it's it's obviously different for everyone but i think there can be so much power in going this is it and like making that decision Mm. that you made because really once that once it does and i know not everyone is in the the fortunate opportunity to be able to do that is what me and Adam did. And our mm. business partner, Yonah. It's what we did at the beginning of our business. But like, if you are in that position where you can just go like, this is the thing then or mm. everything else is noise after that. It's just like, you can focus yourself and everything just starts going in that direction.
2: And again, man, like, and, it, and it's cause I'm trying to be, cause I think you have to be sensitive to other people's situation. Like I am, and it's going to sound like I'm not, I am. I'm, I'm. I'm sensitive to it. I know you're a single mum and you got a kid. I know. I get that you're 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 in this job and you got a mortgage and you can't just quit your job. I get it. You know. I understand that you got a sick mum and your job supporting your sick mum. I get it. But there has to be something you can do. I don't know what the thing is. I don't know your situation, but you gotta do something. You know what I'm saying? You gotta do something. You know, you gotta do something. You gotta lose an hour of sleep. You gotta do something. You know what I'm saying, though? You gotta do something. You know, you gotta you gotta you gotta sacrifice something. And I don't. I'm not saying sacrifice your mum or whatever. But, <laughs> it, but
0: you know what I'm but saying? Sometimes though? it is that. Sometimes, like for me, I sacrifice my friends. Like yeah. I I didn't see my friends for like a five year period. Yeah.
2: It's yeah, like, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: It's yeah. gotta be something, though. You gotta do something. And I know, like you know, and I tell people, ah, oh, but this isn't this, and I go, I know, I get it. But how bad do you want it? Yeah. How bad that's do you it, want it? Is, it? is it a passing thing for you? Do you kind of want it? How bad do you want it? Because I tell you now, when it came to comedy, that's all I wanted. That's all the fuck I wanted, man. I would, all, my whole mind would just be thinking about comedy. All I watched was comedy. All I wanted to do was com- That's it. That was it. I bought, and I get it. Listen, I was, I was going doing shows. And I and I hate and I don't like to talk about the fucking the, the struggle and all that shit because it don't fucking matter a lot of time. but I would be going shows. All I could afford was butter bagels. I would go to Brick Lane Bagels. All yeah. I could afford to eat was a butter bagel. Forty p. That's all I could eat. And there would be times where I'll be on the escalator going home from a gig, and I'm about to faint because I realize I haven't been eating all day because all I've been doing is focusing and working. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, no? And I'm not saying you have to be, you know. It, well, I understand, you know, you got diabetes, eat a fucking Mars bar. But yeah. look, you, you have to do something. You know what I'm saying? How bad do you fucking want it? If you want, if you want to do it, you're going to have to fucking sacrifice. You're going to have to lose an hour of sleep. You're going to have to ride that train when you don't want to ride that train. You know, you're going to have to uh, stay up late and, and send them emails. You're going to have to, you know, jump over that fence so you can do that burner. You know, and drop your tag or whatever. I don't know what the fuck. Do you know what I'm saying? No, you got it, yeah, you, yeah. it's what it is. You know, and 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 so when people, so when people tell me the excuses of why they can't do it, you know, I have empathy to it. Don't think I don't have empathy. I'm not like I, I watch sometimes I see these, these motivational videos, <laughs> and they're just like, it's your fault. I get uh, you know, shut the fuck up and just do it. And it's like I think okay, that's a bit harsh, but, <laughs> you know, like how bad did you fucking want it? You know what I'm saying? How bad did you want it? And it's like, I understand your excuses. Baby, I get it. But at the same time, fuck. <laughs> if, you, if you don't do it, you're never going to do it. It will never happen for you. And that's facts. It will never happen for you if you don't do it. You know what I'm saying, though? Where if you try and do something, if you do an hour a night, there's more of a chance of it happening. You know, if you do two hours a night, there's a better chance of it happening for you. If you dedicate your whole life to it, you've got more of a chance of it happening. for Yeah. But it's just that you just have to fucking do it. And that's it. That's when people tell me about how do I like, you know, like, how do I like do comedy and do, th- I d- stop, go on stage. That's it. I don't want I'm not telling you nothing else. Don't worry about how you book gigs. Don't worry yeah. about how you get an agent. Don't worry about how you get your script in. Don't worry about that shit. Go on fucking stage. That's it. Go write your five minutes of jokes and you get up on stage and that's it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Until people are worried about
0: that, steps five, six, and seven before. Don't they worry go about five, six, one.
2: and seven. Don't worry about five, six, and seven. If you've listened to this whole podcast, right? And and you want to do something you want to do with your life, you know what my advice is? Turn off the fucking podcast and go fucking do it. That's it. Right. You know, because I think I think a lot of times people want to watch, you know, like ah oh man, I know so many people where they spend more time watching motivational videos yeah. than doing the fucking thing. Because you know why? Because they want they want permission. No one ain't giving you permission. If you want the permission, I'll give you permission now. Go do it. There's your fucking permission. All right. That's it. They want permission to do it. And there's no and they want they want to be inspired to do it. You need to inspire yourself. You got I remember something that one comedian told me one time. He goes, You're not just a boxer, you're also your own cornerman. Mm -hmm. You gotta be your own cornerman. You gotta, you know, there's gonna be times when you're in the ropes and you gotta tell yourself, stick a move, stick a move. Like you got, you know, you gotta be that for yourself. Be your own biggest fucking fan, <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? And not in like a real- Egotistical um, uh, way. Not in an egotistical yeah. way, but believe in your fucking self. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And listen, this, and, this, and people are gonna hear this and go, yeah, it's all right for you. you know I, I never believed in myself, man. I, be, I promise you, I, I don't know how I can prove it. I promise you, I didn't believe in myself. I had no evidence of success. You know what I'm saying? Like I fouled at everything I did, man. I, I, man, I fouled at everything. I fouled in life. You know, I fucking I fouled out of school. You know, I, I remember like, I remember one time this teacher said to me, she saw my handwriting. I got terrible handwriting, like bad, 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 bad very bad handwriting. Unle- un- there's sometimes I write notes. I can't even read my fucking <laughs> notes. You know what I'm saying? Like And, I, and people go, so, Dr. Scribble. No, no, I mean, my shit is like, over. <laughs> looks like a five-year-old, it. right? Terrible handwriting. And I remember this teacher's called me behind class and she goes, What do you want to be when you're older? And I was some kid, you know, every kid wants to be a lawyer. I said, I want to be a lawyer. And she goes, With this, with this handwriting, you won't be anything in life. Miss Hanley told me that. I'm gonna say the bitch's name, Miss Hanley, in French. That's what she told me. Miss Hanley told me that shit. And I remember that shit crushed me, man. And that, do you know that shit crushed me for four or five years? You know what I'm saying? So I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I get it, man. I get it, bro. I get it, man. Like, I remember, like, you know, applying for this and I couldn't even get a job at Toys R Us at one time in my life. Mm. You know what I'm saying, You yeah. Christmas Christmas temp. They won't hire me. You know what I'm saying? I was unqualified for that. I get it. I get it, man. I get it. But at the same time, if you don't fucking do it, it's never going to happen. And that's it. That's it. There's no, there's no, there's not. And you, and you know what, man? You got one fucking life. That's what it really comes down to. You know, if we're really talking about it, it's all it's all good to, you know, talk about creativity and how they happen and where they go. And I think those conversations are healthy and people should listen to them and stuff, you know. And I really like what you do with your podcast. But what it really boils down to is like, you're going to die one day. That's it. You're gone. <laughs> and the more chance or not, there ain't nothing else after. You <laughs> what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, it's, it's when you go, it's what have you done? Did you go and did you chase that thing? You know, and I don't, and we're talking about creativity. If your thing is that you want to go France, go fucking France. Save up your money and go to France. Do you know how many people tell me they want to travel? Yeah. Do you know how many fucking yeah, people yeah, tell yeah. me that? Yeah. I want to travel, I want to travel. Go fucking travel. I remember one time I dated this girl and all she would go on about is wanting to travel. God bless the girl, I, I loved her at the time, but all she wanted to do was travel. That's all she would go on about. She was depressed because she wasn't traveling. She was sad because she wasn't traveling. Her life shit because she wasn't traveling. Why aren't you traveling? I don't have the money. How much do you need? I need this much. I'll give you that money now. You think she took the money and went traveling? Of course she didn't. No. Of course she didn't. Because it, people get comfort from complaining Yeah, about why it's not happening for them. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? People enjoy it Sorry if I'm going on a long rant here I do apologise no, it. People it's switch right. off Like what the it's fuck right. are they? What's, What the fuck is going about But People find more enjoyment In complaining And talking about Why the thing's not happening for them Than actually making the thing happen for them You know what I'm saying yeah. though? Because there's that thing of like You know like If you if you, talk, if you think about the gym It kind of Gives you the same endorphins As if you went to the gym Yeah yeah Do you know what I'm saying though? So people spend their time (laughs) thinking about a workout because it gives you the same endorphins. You can spend your whole time thinking about what you want to do and it kind of gives you a sign of synapses in your brain. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, And, and, you know, it comes to a point in your life where you realize that this ain't forever and that you're going to be on your deathbed alone by yourself because you're the only one that's going, you know. That's why, you know, like I love my mum dearest, 100% love my mom. But if my mom said to me, I forbid you to do comedy... I would be homeless, bro. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm doing comedy. You know what I'm saying? You can't live in my house if you're doing comedy. She didn't say that. God bless her. She didn't. But I know people yeah. where they're like, oh, my mom said this. My mom said, when you die, bro, your mom ain't there. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. Your
2: dad ain't there. It's you on that fucking deathbed. It's you. You know what I'm saying? And you've got to sit there and have that conversation with yourself. And I did not want that conversation with myself, man. I didn't want I didn't, I to didn't have that conversation. I didn't want to have to sit there and go, I kind of wish I did this. You know, some things of regret are stuff that's gone. You know, I mean, I kind of wish I was nicer to this guy. I kind of wish I didn't say this to that girl. I kind of wish I, you know, i gone left when I should have gone right. Do you know what I'm saying? All that stuff is whatever, whatever. Yeah. But the stuff that you can control is this. Do you know what I'm saying? Is you giving it a try, giving it a chance, you know, and give yourself a chance to be the better you. you know,
0: hundred percent. Well, look, I mean, when you went really passionate earlier, I nearly shut the podcast off myself. So probably no
2: one. <laughs> You're like, fuck <laughs> this Corona shit. I'm going to go, I'm going to some shit. Probably no but, one's yeah.
0: listening, but for anyone that is still listening because yeah. they, they didn't turn the podcast off, where can people find you online?
2: Uh, I'm on basically my name on all platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm on Twitter. I don't really tweet a lot though. I don't, th- I don't like Twitter. I don't think that many people should be able to call you racial slurs at once. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, show.
2: yeah i don't i don't like twitter but i am um, i'm on f- instagram a lot i'm on facebook a lot but yeah this um, i'm about i'm about on my website i've got tour dates when, when this is over come catch me on tour and stuff and um, yeah
0: amazing Boom. thank you so much for your time dude that was amazing thanks so much for listening if you get any value from these episodes it would mean the world to us if you could share the podcast with someone who needs it You can always reach out to us on Instagram at rebelscreate or head over to creativerebels.co. And remember, always be creating. See ya.